0: There's many, many psalms that deal with, that, that talk about thankfulness. Um, and so I don't I don't want to say that this is the only model of thanks, but this is one of the models of thanks in the scriptures, and I think um, it tells us a lot. Let me talk a little bit about what this psalm is. Now, we don't really, really know the context of a lot of the psalms, and, and we need to be honest about that. Um, the psalms, the book of psalms, is a collection of, of poetry and songs um, from throughout the history of the Old Testament. So they're, they're not, it's not like they were all written at one time. Uh, it's not like one day David sat down and went, you know what I want to do? I'm going to write 150, no, 151 songs. Now, some of you, the, in the Greek translation of the Old Testament, there are 151 psalms in the book of Psalms, and in the Hebrew there's 150. So if you look at your English Bible, you will have 150. Um, the, the Greeks added one. Um, but, uh, and so the numbers are different But the, the, this was not David just sitting down and writing Now David did write some of the songs But so did Solomon, so did Moses So did a group called the so- Sons of Korah um, Who were uh, basically a choir uh, they, they wrote a bunch of songs There are a ton of them that are anonymous And this is one of those And so we can kind of get clues as to where this song comes from And, and what it's about as we read through it um, and, and we're going to spend time, this, this, it's got 45 verses, it's a, it's a, pretty, substantial, um, uh, it's a pretty substantial passage, but um, it seems to be that this is a psalm uh, written uh, very close to the time that the people of Israel um, begin to operate as a kingdom, around 1000 B.C. So it may be that this comes from the time of David. It may come from a little bit before. It recounts their history up to a certain point and then stops. And so um, we can say this is this is the time. It, it, can't be any than, um, it can't be any earlier than the time the events that are being reported. Um, but since it doesn't include other things, it doesn't include uh, a kingship, it doesn't include prophets and those kind of things. So it probably comes from very early in the time. Uh, of the of the of the uh, the Hebrew Scriptures, and so it is a it's a public call to thanksgiving. It is a the this is a this is meant to be a song that is sung to the congregation to the people of Israel as they gathered for a time of thanksgiving. Now, there were different times of the year that they did this. Um, there are three uh, pilgrimage feasts um, that every, uh, every male of, the, of Israel was required to go to Jerusalem or, or commanded to go to Jerusalem, whether they did or not. Um, they're called the Shegelosh Regalim, which means the three pilgrimages. Um, and, uh, and, and they were, they were Passover, um, uh, Sukkot, and Shavuot. Uh, So there were two spring festivals and then one fall festival. They're they're built around the harvests. At some point, somewhere along the line, uh, one of the singers, and there's a lot of singing in the Jerusalem worship. There's a lot of singing going on. Um, The congregation, the people of Israel would have been gathered in the courtyards of the temple And someone would have climbed up on a high point, someone with a big, loud voice, and would have begun Psalm 105, and it opens with this line, O give thanks to the Lord, call upon His name, make known His deeds among the peoples. Sing to Him, sing praises to Him, tell of all His wondrous works. Glory in His holy name, let the heart of those who seek the Lord rejoice. Seek the Lord and his strength, seek his presence continually, remember the wondrous works that he has done, his miracles and the judgments he uttered. O seed or offspring of Abraham, his servant, children of Jacob, his chosen ones. Now, in English we, we again, Hebrew is a is an interesting language. Hebrew does not rely on rhyme for poetry. Um, Because Hebrew words generally end with five or six different sounds, pretty much the same sounds all the time. So rhyming that way would be really easy. So Hebrew poetry relies on structure and it relies on syllabic um, rhythm to create poetry. Um, and so that's why one of the reasons you will hear, when you hear Hebrew being spoken um, or being sung by a cantor, which is the singer uh, in the synagogue, it doesn't sound like our songs. It's not like, a it's, it's, you know, and you're like, whoa, you know, and there this is, so it's a different kind of structure. So I want to, I want to explain to you how these lines are structured so that you can read it um, as close as you can to the way that the Hebrew uh, would have heard it, uh, the Israelites would have heard it. Um, there are seven commands, um, and, or actually six commands, and one what's called a jussive. I know you guys are super excited about that. Um, a jussive is a particular grammatical form. It's a, it's a, it's a let's do this together. That's jussive. all right? Um, that's what that means A command is do this Joseph is let's do this together All right? um, And so as we read through this There's actually a structure I'm going to give you the structure You can write it down or you can forget it It doesn't matter um, But the, the first line Oh give thanks to the Lord That's line one All right? That's the first line And then uh, we call that A All right? Line A Then the next line Call upon his name That's B then make known his deeds among the peoples. That's C. And then sing to him. That's D. Okay, so four levels. Oh, give thanks to the Lord. A. Call upon his name. B. Make his na- known his deeds among the peoples. C. Sing to him. D. Now, just so you get an idea, in Hebrew that's only about nine words. All right. So English, translating it is difficult. All right, They don't have all the prepositions and things like that. They, they affix those, they're prefixes. Then we get a second D. All right, So sing to him, that's D. Sing praises to him, that's D. Tell of all his wondrous works, C. Glory in his holy name, B. And then let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. So this is called a, a chiasm or a chiasm. Um, After the Greek letter, he, which looks like an X, it's a crossing pattern. So we go one line. So, a, oh, give thanks to the Lord. See that? Then if we go down at the bottom of verse 3, let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. See how the Lord appears in both of those? They're parallel. Then we get in, again, in verse 1, call upon his name. If we go down to verse 3, we see glory in his holy name. See, they're parallel. All right? They're, They're matched up. So D A matches A, B at matches uh, B, and then C, make known his deeds among the people. All right? And then if you look in verse 2, the second part of verse two, tell of all his wondrous works. So make known and tell. see See how they fit together. and then the two sings in the middle. So when you, when you sing this, when you read this, the, the way that you can visualize reading this in Hebrew is, is to indent, right? Oh give thanks to the Lord call upon his name make known his deeds among the people sing to him sing praises to him all right glory in his holy name let the heart of those who were with I missed the line tell of all his wondrous works get glory in his name let the hearts of those who were uh, who seek the Lord rejoice so that's that's the structure that opening phrase okay and and I post that it's on the website if you if you want to if you want to see how it breaks down I put it on the website on the sermon page Um but this is a, what this is, is it creates for us, um, in the poetic structure, it creates for us what, uh, the big idea of what the psalmist is trying to say. He opens with this line, O oh, give thanks to the Lord, O oh, give thanks to Yahweh, the, the God of the Bible. Now let me ask you a question. Um, what is the difference between thanks and praise? What is the difference between those two words? What does it mean to praise someone and what does it mean to thank someone? What's the difference? Okay, praise is to someone, thanks is about someone. All right, other thoughts? Thanks includes the relationship. That's a great point. If I, I don't know if you've noticed, my wife's a decent singer. Um, So uh, that's an understatement, uh, understatement of the century. Um, My wife. So, so if I walk up to my wife and I say, Nicole, you are a great singer. That's praise. That's praise. Nicole, you're a great singer. I'm identifying something about you. Thanks is identifying something you did. That song was amazing. Those bongos were on point. All right, that's, that's, that's uh, thanks. Praise is about the attributes of the person you're, you're praising. Thanks is about the actions of that person. Now, in English, we have two words for those. In Hebrew, they do not in Hebrew, it is one word. If you see the word praise or you see the word thank, they are the same give thanks. They are the same word in Hebrew. Uh, the word is yedah. I know you're all excited about that. Um, so hayodu is, uh, is give thanks to. Give thanks to the Lord. Um, it's the command and so this idea that okay, so we're going to give thanks or we're going to praise the Lord All right, the opening of this of this uh, this structure this opening statement This is going to then tell us what it means to give thanks and praise to the Lord How do we do that and he opens with the first line? He says now this makes logic. This is a logical statement call upon his name Why is that so important? tells you to do something it tells you who you're talking to if we just randomly say you know that was great all of us are going i don't know what i did but i did it well call upon his name thanksgiving starts with a focus we 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 call attention to the person we are going to thank or praise and, and the reason it's so important, call upon his name, what is his name? His name is Yahweh or Jehovah, Yehovah. Um, the, the, the Hebrew words, we've lost the vowels, so people pronounce it differently. But it's translated in our Bibles as the Lord with all caps. All right? It is his name. It's the name that he gives to Moses. It's the name that he gives, uh, he gives to Noah. It's the name he gives to Abraham. It is the name of the one true God. And why is it so important for the ancient Israelites to call upon the name of their God? Because they live in a world where there are many gods. They live in a world where it's okay to worship pretty much anybody at any level. Uh, one of the interesting things that uh, is occurring um, in, it occurs in the uh, Old Testament, particularly in the time of Elijah and Elisha, is a contest between the false god Baal and and the true god Yahweh and and it is it's played out in the lives of their followers. It's not played out as, you know, Yahweh came down and bash Baal on the head. That doesn't happen. Now that happens in in pagan stories, but it doesn't happen in the scriptures. Yahweh doesn't condescend to fight false gods. But he says, look, it is important that we call upon his name, that we determine that not only are we going to give thanks generally, but we're going to give thanks to the God of our covenant. Make known his deeds among the people. Uh, Proclaim what God is doing out loud for everybody to hear it. Uh, The word people is goy. Uh, I'm sorry, not Goy, Goy is nations, it's, it's Am, all right, the peoples, all those all those different groups around us, make it clear that it is God that we are speaking about. And he says, these two lines, sing to him, sing praises to him, now again, in English you miss it, but these are actually two completely different verbs. Um, it is not sing, sing, all right. Um, But rather, it is, it is, uh, sing is the, the first verb is just the action of singing, all right, just making our voice make noises, hopefully in a melody, but not necessarily. Sing praises is what you infuse into that music. Again, just like, thanksgiving and praise you know praise is the attributes and thanksgiving is the actions singing is the thing that we're doing making voice putting our voice to a melody but sing praises is to inject into that singing the message the the thanksgiving that we give to our god Uh, Nicole and I were just talking about the fact that um, the other day we were on the way to the gym And we were just talking about the fact that basically Christian music It's not like Christian music has its own like uh, template It's not like we have our own notes You know like, like no those are the Christian notes we can't sing those It's not like, it's not like pop musicians are going we never use G flat because the Christians use that We all use the same 12 tones we arrange them in different order, and, and so music tends to sound the same. Sometimes we'll be playing a song in church, and someone will come up to me afterwards and ruin it for me by singing a pop song that has the same melody line. Now, the reality is, you know, and I remember this, this line from Full House from back in the 80s, John Stamos' character, Uncle Joey, he goes, uh, not Joey, Jesse, Uncle Jesse, wow, I'm amazed how fast that was recalled. Um, Uncle, Uncle Jesse's writing a song and it sounds like this land is your land or something like that and he goes well there's only 12 notes and he walks off with his guitar. Um, the reality is that that music is music right so so but when we we not just sing we sing praises we infuse that music with the thankfulness and praise to our God we call upon his name. Now, look look at the layering, the way that this takes. So he says, give thanks and praise and then he says, so we start by calling upon his name, then we tell everybody we we talk to him, then we talk to others about him, and then we sing and we infuse into that music the message about our God. And the result of that then is that it brings glory to the name that we were calling upon, or we tell of all his wondrous works, right? Verse 2, so make known his mighty deeds among the people Sing to him, sing praises to him Tell of all his wondrous works Just don't say God is good God is, Isn't God great God is wonderful I, I, Alright, how many of you liked Mr. Rogers When you were kids Okay, Mr. Rogers is awesome Okay, no one should ever speak evil Of two people on TV Fred Rogers and Bob Ross Okay um, If you don't know who Bob Ross was Just google happy little trees Um, But uh, the Fred Rogers amazing show. I learned so much on Mr. Rogers. Mr. Rogers was where I learned that the Incredible Hulk was played by an actor named Lou Ferrigno. Actor used loosely, all right. Um, A bodybuilder named Lou Ferrigno, and I discovered they painted his body green. Up until that point, and I was probably like four, so don't make this sound like I was in my thirties. Up until that point, I did not realize that the actor that played the Hulk was not actually a green dude. All right? And I got to see him painted and all this stuff. I remember also Mr. Rogers was, was who made me realize that there was an actress who played the, the, the Wicked Witch of the West in, uh, in Wizard of Oz. Um, Mr. Rogers was great. Well, I was watching this children's show. I don't know why I did it. It, it was on uh, one of the streaming services. And somebody said, this is the children's show of our generation. I started watching it. It was the syrupy, most disgusting, revolting, woke thing I have ever seen in my entire life. It was, it was propaganda painted in pastel, made me want to vomit. Um, you can't just walk around and just nebulously say, oh, God is good, God is good, God is good. You've got to say what is good about God. And, and some of the things that are good about God, they're not the things that we want to talk about. We don't want to talk about his justice. We don't want to talk about his truth. We don't talk about. We don't want to talk about the fact that sometimes his love creates division. We don't want to talk about those things. But he says, if we the psalmist says, if we're going to sing, if we're going to sing praises, we got to tell of all his wondrous works. Now later on in the book, he's going to describe one of those wondrous works as the slaughter of the firstborn of the Egyptians. So we talk about, oh, his wondrous works. Oh, God is so good to me. He gave me money. He gave me cars. He gave me happiness. He gave me children. My children never misbehave. I've never seen any one of them do anything wrong. In which case, buddy, open your eyes, okay? Um, but, you know, oh, everything is perfect. Everything is, everything is awesome. We just started watching the Lego movie, and now that song is playing in my head. Um, but, you know, everything is great. The reality is when we worship God, we've got to worship God about the realities of who he is. Can we, we praise God that in my sinfulness he condescended to save me even though I would continue to fail and disappoint him? We, our praise, our worship, our thanksgiving, it's got to be about his wondrous works. And he says that will then in turn create glory. It will We will glory in his holy name. Now this next line, I'm going to tear through the next few verses real quick. He says, let the heart of those who seek the Lord rejoice. Let rejoice. Let them rejoice. That's the juice of, the call to action. He says, in all of this, this should bring us joy. Uh, Thanksgiving should bring us joy. So um, what are we seeking about our God? What is it that as we sing, as we call upon his name, as we do all these things, what are we doing? Worship and thanksgiving, uh, thankfulness, if you get nothing else from this message, and you may or may not, but thankfulness is an active proposition. It is not passive. And by passive, I mean you don't sit around and wait for something to happen to be thankful for. You have to actively seek the presence of God and the strength of God you have to actively pursue things to be thankful for. You have to actively change your thinking about what's going on in order to be thankful. I learned something very interesting about human memory. I want to share it with you. Do you know that you do not, your brain does not, does not store, some of you this is not going to come as a surprise, your brain does not store every detail of the things that you remember. Did you know that? When you see something, and if you want a test of that, here's a very easy test. Drive down the highway and try to remember what cars passed you. It's in your memory. But your your brain immediately starts deleting details it does not need. How many of you, gentlemen, how many of your your wives got their hair cut and it took you a while to notice? <laughs> Why does that happen? It is not, by the way, ladies. It is not, by the way, because men are more likely not to notice. It has to do with the way our human memory works. Human memory does not... I do not remember... Like, my brain does not store in its, in, in its infinite capacity, right? And none of us have infinite capacity. Our brain does not store in us how our wife is wearing our hair, what makeup she uses, you know, all of those things. We're lucky, guys, am I right? We are lucky if we remember why we went to the store. Right? I, I am at that stage in my life where you all experience this, where you walk into a room with great purpose and intent and then cannot for the life of you remember why. You walked in that room. Right before church, I went to put my in-ear monitors on. I scrambled for about a minute and a half, I don't know if you guys saw, trying to find the one that was already in my ear. (laughs) Our memories memories are what happens in your brain. And this is fascinating. This, to me, is one of the most extraordinary things about human brains and what's different about a human brain and a computer. A computer stores all of the data. In zeros and ones, in binary records. That's why you need big hard drives to store all this stuff. It stores all of the data. Your brain literally recreates your memories every time you call, up on, call on them. That's why, by the way, and, and Jim Vollner was a state trooper, he'll tell you, eyewitness uh, testimony is often unreliable. Because you are not remembering all the details of what happened. How many of you ever wrote something down in a journal or a book or a piece of paper or something and came back to it a couple years later and went, Wow, I'm a genius. I don't remember writing this. I don't remember doing this. This is amazing. How, who did this? You know, it's so often, so often we, we think our memories are perfect and our memories are not. You are literally reconstructing your story when you're remembering something. And that's why people remember things differently. That's why you can be absolutely convinced that something happened a certain way and then go to the place where it happened and realize there is no way that your memory is right, that it's correct. If you do not seek the Lord in your mind, if you do not set up memorials to the things that God does in your mind, you will reconstruct those things and mistakenly write God out of them. If we do not actively seek, if we do not actively work on our memory. This is one of the reasons why journaling is important for a lot of believers. Because if you don't if you don't write down what God is doing, it is very easy to forget what he did. Your brain simply cannot store every detail of everything that happens in your life I go back to that car thing you will forget the moment a car passes you and does not hit you You will forget what that car looked like unless you actively retain that car in your memory You simply cannot when you're driving your brain is doing something in the order of two million different actions all at once, controlling everything big from how your put, foot is on the pedal and whether your hand is, to minute things like checking your peripheral vision, screening things out, not listening to your wife, all of those things are happening while you're driving. Your brain simply cannot handle it, but your brain is masterful at reconstructing things and reconstructing them in such a realistic way that you remember it that way. Thanksgiving, thankfulness, is a conscious, active work of remembering what God has done in our lives and placing the memory in the context of His name and His wondrous works. If you want to know how to bring more thankfulness into your life, you must establish a method, and it doesn't matter what it is, you must establish a method of building memorials to the things that God has been doing. Now it doesn't have to be physical memorials. I'm not talking about constructing obelisks in your living room. Like, oh, this is the day my wife was kind to me. You know, I built this statue, and here's a statue of my daughter the day she cleaned her room. She's lifting aloft the mop. It is amazing. You know, but but you you have to create a mentality, a memorial thinking, and memorial is not a bad thing. Okay, it is a necessary thing for our memory and our recollection and our Thanksgiving. I would contend that Thanksgiving is about having a short memory, about a short-term memory about what I contributed to my life, and a long-term memory about what God contributed to my life, contributed through His Word, through His Spirit, through His people. Um, I know so many people who they invest so much energy into the long-term memory of every reason that life doesn't work the way they want it to work. Well, in 1976, someone kicked me in the air. Somebody gave me a flat tire. You guys know what a flat tire is, right? we walk behind, flip the bottom of the, the, the shoe, and then they're, they're like walking floppy until they fix it. I was at summer camp in 1970 and no, I was... Born in 1976, but I was in I was in summer camp in 1976, and Billy Billy Squire. Uh, that's okay. Um, that name. Anyway, <laughs> he gave me he gave me a flat tire, and I've never forgiven him for that. And that's why I always walk behind other people, so that that way, you know, you, you know. And I'm being exaggerating, but you know how there are people that their their long-term memory is invested in all of the things that people did to them, that all the reasons that they're limited, all of the all of the problems that they have. They they allow the past to define their present. And their future. And and they, they have completely written God out of their past and defined themselves by the failures, the difficulties, the challenges, the brokenness. And then they walk around and they go, I got nothing to thank God for. I've got God's never done anything for me you know i i i have all these and it is this this ultimate idea of god has given 90% is glory and 10% is pain and you dwell on the 10% like that is the majority remember his wondrous works that he has done he says in verse 5 his miracles and the judgments that he uttered the offspring of abraham his servant children of jacob his chosen ones you will reconstruct memory this is this is the big idea of hit this you will reconstruct your memory of god's work based on the memorials you build if you build memorials about about the pain that they did or your greatness or your ego or whatever that if that is the memorials that you will build then you will only be thankful for yourself and to others but if you build memorials about christ if you intentionally structure your memory around the wondrous works of God, you will have thankfulness to the Lord. Now this table that we're about to observe, as we're about to come to the communion table, this was given to us as a memorial. Not as a uh, memorial, in the sense that the uh, you know the the statues that are built all over the country and tell us about one something great happened one day. I do. By the way, I have absolutely no idea why Merrimack has decided to start memorializing normal stuff. They're putting signs up on bridges when they rebuild them. I really don't. Like I looked at the signs, and the sign says, "This is a bridge. There was another bridge here before." Wow. I expected at least to say a rare cuckoo, clock, cuckoo bird used to live here at one point and was assassinated by the by the South or something. I mean something significant. No, it's literally this is a bridge. There was a bridge here before. Wow, thanks. I would I figured we just ferried cars across before. It was everybody got off and waded across with their cars. I don't know how did we get across there. Not the, we. This is a memorial of significance, of weight. Not a memorial of something meaningless and lost in the past, but something that matters right now. How will you be thankful this season? I have a challenge for you. Over the next three more weeks, the 14th, the 21st, the 28th, over these next few weeks, what I want you to do I want to challenge each one of you. I did not create any kind of handout or anything because you're grown-ups. You should be able to handle this. I want you to challenge you each one of you every day this month. Write down one thing God has done for you. Many of you have lived for more decades than I have. You should be able to come up with 21. one thing a day make it the first thing you do in the morning you wake up before you roll out of bed in my case before i extract myself from the two little dogs that have pinned me in to my bed before you get up out of bed if this is where you need to do it you say god i want to i want to look back into the story of my life with you and i want to see one thing that i am thankful for and set that thing up as a memorial post all through that day, I'm going to be thankful to God because of. And see if God does not reveal to you all the extraordinary things, all the wondrous works that he has done in your midst. Um, I'm going to invite the, 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 the uh, men, uh, Dave and Jack, if you guys want to come over here, um, and then Doc and Ray, if you come over on this side. In just a moment, we're going to receive the Lord's table. Um, and uh, <clears throat> as, we, as we do this, um, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna play the guitar. Uh, no, not that Ray. That Ray. Sorry. Swap the Rays. Sorry, Ray Brown. Yeah, get the right Ray. Get the right Ray. Um, get the right Ray. Right. Um, so, and and we're gonna we're gonna worship together um, as we prepare to receive the elements of the Lord's Table. And I'm going to remind you to come uh, from the come from the back uh, down the side aisles, receive the bread, um, and then and then the juice, and then go back uh, to your seat as we worship together. Um, and uh, join me in a word of prayer, just as we we remember this this memory of Christ. Father, we once again we are reminded of just how extraordinary you are. Um, the works that you do, the the things that you have created in us, may we glory not in our own accomplishments, but in what you have done. And as we walk together, as we journey together as followers of Christ, um, may this memorial, this, this ordinance that you have given to us, may it be a, a, a post, a, a, an anchor, a, a place that we can return to call upon your name and declare works before Uh, all those around us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I invite you to come from the back.